0: You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress.
1: I want to speak on a subject this morning that I'm not sure you've heard before, but I want to speak on a subject. When the obstacle becomes the way. (laughs) Y'all think I'm kidding. Now, for those of you who weren't here, I preached that last week. So, how many of you listened to a song this week more than once? Be honest. Anybody watch something this week you already watched before? All right, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. But I want to preach when the obstacle is the way, part two. And I don't anticipate it's going to be some major different revelation than it was the first week. I haven't changed the message and what the real intent of it is. But I just want to add some elements to it and speak towards vision for the Calvary Church. And to recap for those of you who weren't here and those of you who really for the people who were here and forgot what I preached. (laughs) But for us, we like easy ways. We like things to be easy in our lives. It's attractive to us to have things in our lives just go real easy. And we talked about technology and all of that last week, how technology, the invention of technology is not so much because uh, it's, it's something that is needed, although that's true. But a lot of times things are invented because we're just lazy and we want an easy way. And Jesus said in life that everything is not just going to be easy. And that concept of just trying to do the easiest thing in your life, sure, it it has merit in certain times. But the idea that something being easy does not always produce the effect that we hope it produces and the outcome doesn't always produce the end result that we have been looking for. And so we realize that sometimes to walk through some difficult things in our lives is actually to our benefit when we struggle and when we push. Those of you, I've used this illustration before just because it really represents me, but when you work out <laughs> like I do, you, you get the benefit of that. So I, I ch- had to go up in suit size because I've been working out so much. But the whole point of working out is what? Resistance. The way that you build muscle is by resistance. Not like grabbing the chip like we know that takes a little bit of resistance, but it's it's that effort to push through something that builds strength into your lives. And so Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation. But he said, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. In other words, that even if you find yourself in tribulation, if you're in me, you can have peace in spite of what you're going through. But what I want us to understand and what I really alluded to Specifically is that sometimes there are obstacles in our lives. There are things and pressures that come into our lives that we wish weren't there. But I believe God allows obstacles in our lives sometimes because it produces some things in us. And I use the example of the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt from under the hand, the Bible says, of the oppressor. The scripture specifically says that when Pharaoh let them go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. In Exodus 13 verse 17, it says, For God said, lest the people change their mind when they see war and return to Egypt. He said, I could make it a short trip. I could make it an easy trip, but I'm not going to do that because I'm trying to produce something in them. Because even if they went the shorter route, uh, there's still going to be war. There's still going to be difficulty. There's still going to be pressure. And what I'm going to accomplish in them by sending them around the way of the wilderness is going to produce something in them that when the war comes and when the pressure comes, they are not going to be overcome by it, but rather they will be victorious over it. Oh, hallelujah. And so the obstacle is the way. The pressure is the way. The pushback is the way. Oh, hallelujah. And so we talked about the children of Israel. Talked about Daniel. I won't go into all of that again, but when we look at the life of Daniel, Daniel was somebody who number one perceived God's will he understood what God's will was in his life and that knowledge, that ability to know what God wanted, he perceived but then the Bible says he prayed he prayed God's will when you don't perceive when you don't perceive God's will, you pray as Jane said, you ask Amiss because you pray for your own pleasure you pray for your own good But when you perceive the will of god, that's when you can begin to pray the will of god And so the bible tells us that that daniel set his heart to pray and to fast because he understood the will of god But what we also understand is that daniel's circumstances did not change Right away, they didn't all of a sudden, he prayed and everything changed. No, it was hours, it was days, it was months before God was able to do what he wanted to do. And so what did Daniel have to do? He had to persevere. He just had to endure. He had to keep walking. He had to keep going. So he perceived, he prayed, and he persevered what we understand is that god's word is not bound what god wants to accomplish is not bound in spite of where you find yourself in spite of the pressure that you feel and the the difficulty that you feel god's word is not bound he can show up anywhere anytime he can show up in the middle of a prison. He can show up in the middle of a diagnosis. He can show up in the middle of pain and suffering. We understand that God's word is not bound. And so we pray. We pray for his will to be accomplished and we pursue. And I used the example of Jesus on the cross. It would have been easier for Jesus to not have to walk the road of suffering. To walk that cruel cross. I bet it would have been easier if he didn't have to be spit on. It would have been easier if he didn't have to be slapped. It would have been easier if he didn't have to have a crown of thorns crushed into his brow. It would have been easier if he didn't have to be beat with those, uh, those whips it would have been easier if they, they hadn't uh, put the nails in his hands and in his feet. It would have been easier. But he said, I, I pray, not my will, but thine be done. Because he understood that the obstacle was actually the way. The cross, as painful as it was, as difficult as it was, it was actually the way. But it wasn't just the way for Jesus. He said, I'm doing this for you, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He did it for you and I. He said, I'll walk this road because I love you. And so the struggle was actually the way. When you and I walk through life and we face pushback and we face difficulty and we face pressures, it doesn't always mean that we're outside of the will of God. Doesn't always mean that we've done something wrong. How many times, I've been guilty of it myself, you you face some pressure and you face some circumstance and, and automatically you think you've done something wrong. But if you can honestly say that you've loved the Lord and you've served him and you've done what's right and you're walking through a difficult season, that God is forming something in you. Because the obstacle actually becomes like James wrote. In James 1-2, count it all joy, brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect. That you may be complete and perfect, lacking nothing. In verse number 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Trials and difficulties are not always something that we should seek to just try to eliminate. And how often do we try to fix our way out of trials. We try to escape them and we cry like the children of Israel. Why have you brought me here? I surrendered my life to you, Jesus, and now look. Look at my business. Look at my family. Look at the pressure that I'm facing. Look at the job that I thought I had that was provided. Look at this, God. And I'm telling you, The obstacle is the way. He's trying to produce something in you. And now let me just switch gears a little bit. Because I've watched this play out at the Calvary Church. As we have pursued the promises of God. If you look over the years. We began in 1968. And you can look at our history. And you can see where we have walked through some very difficult times as a church we've walked through some very difficult moments but i don't believe that they were always just some attack by the enemy that the enemy was somehow overtaking us but what i've come to realize is that probably some of those pressures and some of those things we walk through were actually an obstacle that God was allowing to form us into what he needed us to be. And currently, I'm watching this happen. I'm watching this happen as we pursue starting a church in the city of Oxford. I think from my best estimate... If I can remember, it was around 2011 that the Lord put a burden on my heart. It was in a conversation that I had with a staff member here at our church. I remember sitting in that office talking about ministry and opportunities for evangelism and different things. And I talked about Miami University in Oxford that, man, it'd be great if somebody... Would start a campus ministry at Miami University And I remember when I said it I remember the moment that I said it that I felt Just a quickening A quickening like hey, buddy Why don't you do it? And I prayed about it and I wrestled through it And if i'm not mistaken on dates In 2013, a group of individuals from our church started what's called Red Life Campus. Red Life Campus Ministry in 2013 started in the fall of 2013 at Miami University in Oxford. I want those who over between 2013 and 2017, if you attended or were a part of that Oxford Red Life Campus, I want you to stand today. I want you to stand because I want you to see something. There are people, there are young people, there are people in the balcony who were a part of that. You can be seated, thank you. That as we pursued this endeavor to start ministry in, at Miami University, that there was a growing sense that God wanted to do something in Oxford. And over the years, for sake of time, over the years, I know I have and several others I know of who would go to Oxford regularly and pray for the city. Pray that God would make a way, that God would do a work in that city. Now I'm thankful for those prayers thankful for that so fast forward many things happened I would go up there I know in 2014 2016 specifically going up there meeting with business owners or people who owned property and asking them if we could use their property to have church no doors were opening we'd go there and pray and nothing would happen And again, you wrestle in those moments. Is it me or is it God? And so in January of 2020, I'll fast forward. January of 2020, before the pandemic started, God pushed me again to go back to the city and look for a place. And so when I got there, I saw a building that was vacant, and I thought, This could be it. It was formerly a church anyway. And I thought it made sense. And so I tracked down the owner. It didn't have a for sale sign on it. But I found the owner. And called him and talked to him. And he said, no, it's not available. It's under contract. And so, that was the obstacle. January 2020. And then you all know what happens in January or in 2020, March, and all that stuff. But in August, around August 2020, I think, I felt the nudge again, go back to Oxford. When I go back there, I see that same building that's still vacant, nothing's happening. And I talked to that owner, called the owner again and ask him, is this building available? Could we use it for a church? And this time he said, I think we can work something out. And so we began talking and we began negotiating on how this could work. And so we put together a a lease agreement to purchase or to lease the building and and make it into a church. And as we looked at the building, something else emerged when we looked at the building. And what emerged was an opportunity to have a coffee shop in that same building. And so... As I looked at that and I began to reflect on that, I, I knew of some uh, business owners of coffee shops and began to look at that and say, what could we do here? And so we went full pursuit into saying, "Let's let's lease this building and let's start a church and let's start a coffee shop in Oxford. And so we pursued that through the end of 2020, negotiating this lease agreement. But finally coming to a point on January 7th of 2021 where we could not come to an agreement. There was one little point in the lease agreement that our board of directors and I felt was not, uh, we, were, we were, did not feel we should do. It was one minor point that we feel like, felt like he should give way to, towards us. And so on January 7th of 2021, we said, We're going to walk away from this lease agreement. I'm going to tell you, because you guys know, I was crushed. I was crushed. Not emotionally, like devastated, but I'm like, man, we were so close. And I wasn't upset at the board. I can't remember ever being upset at the board. Maybe that'll come later. I'll I'll look for that opportunity. I knew they were right. I knew they were right. I felt they were right. I felt peace. And interestingly enough, the the weeks prior to going up or weeks prior to uh, us deciding to end this lease agreement or the opportunity for the lease agreement, a group of us went up there and we prayed in that building. Some of you remember, if you were there, raise your hand. We prayed in that building. And so I accidentally had the key in my pocket when I went home. I didn't mean to, but it was two weeks later when I realized that this thing was done. The deal was done. We're not getting this building, but I still had the key. And so it was January 7th that it all ended. On January 8th, 2021, I drove up to Oxford with that key in my pocket, knowing I'm dropping off that key And now I'm starting all over again. Starting all over with where are we going from here? There's not a lot of commercial real estate in Oxford. And it's not cheap either. And so when I went there, I put that key in that building. And when I turned around, right across from that building was another building. A building that I had visited in 2014. 2014. Because I knew the owner, and the owner was somehow connected to David K. Bernard as a a missionary in Korea. And so I had walked in that building in 2014, or actually 2012, I should say. In 2012, I walked in that building and I invited him to the Calvary Church. I asked him to if he would be interested in come here, David K. Bernard. He didn't come. But I remembered when I turned and that building was for sale. In January 2020, when I first looked at the other building, that building wasn't for sale. But now it was for sale. And so I thought, well, here goes nothing. There's nothing else. I might as well call. And amazingly, I called the number. There were two real estate numbers. I called the second real estate number on the side. And when I did, he picked up. And I said, hey, I'd like to just check out this building. So when I... I was thinking, man, it's going to be a couple weeks or whatever, or a week, whatever, we'll try. He said, hey, I live here in Oxford. I'll come right down. You can look at this building. And so I went and looked at the building, and it was, it was rough. It was rough. And it didn't look like a church church. You know what I'm saying? It was, took a little bit of turning your head sideways, going, okay, well, that could work. But I just felt to keep going. And so I ended up talking to the real estate agent. He told me how much it was. $650,000 for the building. It's a 4,500 square foot historic home. And so got back and I realized that night I remembered back to 2012 and I said, I know that owner. And so because I'm on the record, I won't say how I found the owner, but I found the owner. <laughs> we set up a meeting to talk. And at this time, just for fun, since we're in Storyland at this point, I got quarantined. I was quarantined in January of 2021 for 21 days. Part of that was in my basement, but I'm stuck in my basement. And I'm talking to this owner of this building, and I said, Hey, this is what we're trying to do. I said, I don't know if you remember me. And we talked a little bit. I explained the vision. We have a vision to start a church here, and we, we believe that we have a, a, a burden to also start a coffee shop in the city of Oxford. He said, All right, let me, let me talk to their other owners. So he comes back and he says, Calls me a few days later, and he says, Hey, we're gonna offer this to you for not six fifty, but we're gonna offer it to you for four fifty. We're gonna drop it two hundred thousand dollars for you. And so that obviously spun the board and everybody into okay, what are we gonna do here? And we began full pursuit of of trying to get this building. And we signed a purchase contract, I believe, at the end of January, beginning of February to purchase this building thinking that it would just be a few minor details and we'd be able to be on our way to starting this church. But how many know the obstacle is the way? How many know the obstacle is the way? So not only was the obstacle the way when we stopped the lease agreement, but the obstacle was the way in this building. And so I had our architect and we met up there in our contracts and different things were looking at the building going, what can we do? What do we need to do to improve it? And so we got architectural drawings done. And I thought, you know what? I'll go to the city. I'm going to go to the city of Oxford and I'm just going to present them the plans, give them the idea and see what they think before we get in too far down the road with this deal. So when I met with the city of Oxford, they were happy. They were happy that we we're going to do something with this building that was kind of deteriorating. But then he said, but in order for you to pursue proceed, I'm going to need you to meet city council. I, <laughs> I've met city councils before. I've talked to city councils. I've been to planning commission meetings. And they're, they're very emotional for me and uh, very tense for me. And I just couldn't believe it. I, I mean, we're starting a coffee shop. We're just going to start a church. It's not a big deal. There's room. He's like, I need you to meet the city. So that spun a process from basically March all the way through July, where we had to submit building permits or submit for building permits. We had to meet the historical society, a historical uh, preservation Society because we were wanting to put a lift on the backside so people who were coming to church could go directly to the, what we would consider the multi-purpose space or auditorium space. So we had to meet the Historical Society or Historical pre- Preservation Society. And then we had to meet the planning commission because we were using it as a church. We had to walk through a series of meetings with the planning commission because we had to get a a certain type of uh, conditional use permit. And then finally, that had to be presented to city council on two different occasions. They had to have a hearing on one and then another hearing to finalize it. And so through that process... And let me just pause here to say, City of Oxford has been very kind. They were never at all edgy towards us or not excited or helpful. But it was just an obstacle. An obstacle that I didn't anticipate. And so as we walked through those series of meetings, the Lord began to deal with me. And I got in front of the people in the city who were actually people of influence and people who know what's going on and almost without hesitation, all of them were like, this is awesome, we want to see this. This is great, we want to see this. And God began to walk us through these different groups and we would have these Zoom meetings and these meetings where they would ask questions and now I'm realizing that the people in the city where we're going are understanding that a church and a coffee shop are coming. I couldn't have paid for the marketing. I wouldn't have known where to start. But as I walk through that and I get to city council and and city council meets the first time and then the second time I've got to meet city council. And that meeting goes a long time and they say, we'll give you the conditional use. It's all good. Everybody's thumbs up. It was 10 o'clock at night at city council, city hall, where I'm sitting there. On a night I'm just saying this is a waste of time. Let's go. Let's keep going. A lady comes up to me. A young girl comes up to me, college student, and she says, "Hey, could I interview you? I am a journalist for the Oxford Observer." And so we agree and I meet her the next day. And she does, she's a journalism student with uh in at Miami University. And she works for the Oxford Observer. The interesting thing about that was that she had just gotten on the job that day. And they said, go to city council meeting and write about what's going on in the city. And so when they presented the idea that there's a church and a coffee shop coming to the city, that's what she said, I want to write about. And so she wrote that article and that was a great article. But what I realized is the obstacle is the way. As frustrated as I was with the process, I realized that God actually knows what he's doing. God actually knows how to handle things. And so, as we walk through that, even in the last month, She's contacted me. Hey, any update on that building? I thank God for that. Because that wouldn't have happened without an obstacle. And so we come to the last August, September, October. And we're trying to figure out, is the bank going to help us? Is the bank going to be a part of this? And we're keep extending the contract. Remember, we signed in September. February. If any of you have ever sold a house, you know that we're on good graces at this point. They keep extending it. But finally, on November 1st, they said, we can't extend it anymore. And the only way to do it is for you to pay a substantial amount of money. And that money does not go towards the purchase contract. We just need to start getting money because obviously they have expenses. They own a building. And so that put a little bit of pressure on us, needless to say, and I want to thank God publicly for Delano Shirley and for his passion and his expertise through this process. We get to this past Wednesday, and we still don't have an answer. It's November 8th or whatever it is. We have to close by November 15th, which is tomorrow, or we have to start paying money that's just going out the door. So... About 6.30 on Wednesday night, we get a call from the bank. The bank says, hey, few stipulations, but we're all in. And so on Wednesday night, we got the green light to pursue this building and to buy this building. Now, here's the cool part. I think it's cool. When we started, remember December of 2020 at our missions Sunday, missions weekend, we took up money for Oxford. We split our harvest offering into two. So we had some money in the account. And then in July, when Evangelist Vinny Azzolini was here, it was a Wednesday night. If you were not at this service, I'm taking names. Just kidding. But in that service, we took up over $240,000 in cash and pledges. Amen. So as we were working through it with with the bank and working through all the numbers and everything, we've had people continue to give towards the Oxford Project. We realized that we are only $64,000 away from paying cash for that building right there. Amen. Amen. And I am telling you today that the obstacle is the way. In this pursuit of this building, we have done our due diligence. We continue to have prayer walks. We continue to meet with designers and contractors and attorneys and business consultants. What I realize is that in about eight days, in about eight days, they gave us a Week extension for free. That <laughs> in about eight days, we're going to close on a building. Close on a vision that God, I believe, has had in his heart since we came to Calvary. And since Calvary, I should say, came to Springdale. God doesn't do things by accident. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And so this will be home to Red Life Coffee. This home is called the Alexander House. That's the historic name. It was built in 1865 or 9 or something like that. It's always been known as the Alexander House. So we'll have a coffee company called Red Life Coffee. We have our own branded coffee. That'll be coming soon. Get ready. It's called the Red Life Coffee. And here's what I love. And I'm going to use this term. It's the birthplace of the Calvary Church in Oxford. It'll be the birthplace of the Calvary Church in Oxford. And so, I realize we're just days away from reaching into the promises of God in a very spectacular way. It'll take us probably six to eight months to renovate this place. The bank will be helping us with renovation. But I believe, I just wanted to put it out there today. I'd love to go to closing on November 22nd and say we're paying cash for this building. And if the Lord lays that on your heart in some way, you guys have been generous. We got missions weekend coming up. But I want to put it out there that the Lord is doing something incredible in us. And the obstacle is the way. I watched tremendous giving happen over the last several months this year. One in particular, Jonathan and Chelsea, I want to just thank them. He gave me permission to share this. During that revival with Vinny Azzolini, they decided they were going to give a certain amount of money to help. And then he texted me a few days later and he said, actually, the Lord called us to, to give more than that. So they did. And it was about four weeks later, Jonathan, if I'm correct, that you text me again. I don't remember the timing. But he said, we just received word that our medical bills of over $100,000 have been forgiven. Completely forgiven. And I told you many times, I don't give to get back. I'm given, that's a gift. But I'm telling you the Lord is faithful. He knows our needs and you'll never outgive God. That is the story of this church and it remains the story here and it's the story now of Oxford. Now I also want to make this clear that this project is a missions endeavor. This is a missions endeavor. We have taken no money, zero money from the promised project for this project no money has been transferred from the project promise or promise project account for this at all And your giving to the Promise Project will continue to help us make capital improvements at the Bishop Center. It'll help us make capital improvements here on this side of the building. The Promise Project is still an important giving vehicle for this church. We're not using Promise Project money for Oxford. It is purely a missions endeavor, just like we helped a church start in Hamilton. How many remember that? The church in a day. We invested thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into a church in hamilton ohio we invest thousands of dollars in churches all across north america and literally literally around the world and so this is no different it's a missions endeavor we're starting a church and i thank god for it and i am just absolutely amazed that we are so close to paying cash for this building wow so would you stand with me today I looked through scripture, and I thought about this principle, the obstacle is the way. And last Sunday when I preached the message, the obstacle is the way, I didn't know where we were going to be this Sunday. I want you to know that. But as I continue to just think on this idea reminded of the man that was born blind in scripture. Where everybody wanted a reason. Whose fault? Who sinned? Jesus said, so that God can receive glory. The obstacle was for glory. There was a storm that as the disciples were going across a storm came and tried to oppress them. But the storm actually brought faith. Because Jesus calmed the storm and then he Healed the man who was full of demons in the Gadarenes. When I look at the early church in Acts, Acts chapter 7 is such a difficult passage because they're having revival, they're seeing amazing things, and all of a sudden, one of those seven, those seven who were appointed for business, he's preaching and they stone him to death. How does that make sense? How does that bring revival? How is that encouraging the church? Well, Acts chapter 8 verse 4 tells us a little idea. It says those who were scattered because of the persecution went about preaching the word. That the obstacle, that, that traumatic moment, that moment the early church walked through, was not just a moment that the enemy got victory. No, actually God got glory because they were stuck in Jerusalem. But when that happened, they scattered throughout the entire world. And they began to preach the gospel wherever they went. And that's what I want us to get today. That the obstacle is the way. And if you're facing pressure and you're walking through a dark time, yes, we're praying for deliverance. Yes, we're praying for a positive outcome. Yes, we want God to bring healing. But don't miss the power of the moment. God is doing something in you. He's forming something Because he sees the end from the beginning. So Paul wrote in Romans 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. In verse 28, I'll skip down. And we know that all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. Those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I can walk through anything and trust that if I'm honoring God with my life, that the enemy can't have victory. No matter how dark and difficult it is, the enemy cannot have victory. And so we bring our weaknesses to the altar today. We bring our stress, we bring our worry, we bring our pressure. We bring it all to the altar today and say, God, I'm going to trust you that the obstacle might be the way.
0: This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church,